Welcome to episode two of Bryce and Ren and Corey in the house. I'm your co-host Bryce Henderson and today we will be discussing season one episode two Ain't Miss Behavian. Uh, with me today to discuss this fantastic episode of Corey in the house is my other co-host Renan Fontes. Ren how are you doing today? I'm fine I'm excited uh I have a lot of thoughts about this episode. Yeah it uh we talked very briefly uh, beforehand about it. Very good episode. Definitely a lot more powerful than our pilot last week. I want to say right out the gate, I think with a bit of tweaking, this could and probably should have been the pilot. Yeah. No, I. I it feels like, uh, and I don't know, I'm actually going to look it up while we're discussing, um, but it feels like this episode could have been aired as like a part two to the pilot. Do you agree with that? No, because I know that the first episode was aired months in advance of the show's actual premiere. Oh, okay. But it, like the two, they feel like they're connected. Like yeah, I, the, the meat of been plot especially. It's, it's set up in the first episode and resolved in the second. Yeah. So it, it's interesting um, that there was such a delay between airing them. And you're right. I, I totally agree that a lot of the content in this episode did feel... Uh, like it was laying the groundwork for who these characters actually were in yes. instead of just what the show was about. So uh, kind of before we dive into it, I did want to just go over a little bit of housekeeping with you, if that's okay. Sure. Uh, I think our first thing is uh, I've heard from some of our listeners there. Uh, they've asked if they should be watching along with the, sh- like with us from yes. week to week. So you, you think that the best format is if they're able to watch the episode each week? You, you really need the full week to digest the episode and prepare for the next. Yeah, so I, I totally agree. I think ideally, if you're able to watch the episode uh, before you listen to the podcast, you totally can. Uh, but I also think that you and I do a pretty good job of walking through the different beats of the episode. So if you're yeah. not able to take the additional 30 minutes out of your day to watch the episode then uh, the podcast should suffice. Do you agree? I think of us as more of a companion piece. Indirect. Okay. Yeah. So if, if that's where we want to be, I, I, I've kind of thought about it as uh, both. And so I'm more than open to, to giving that suggestion. Then maybe uh, at the end of this episode, I'll let people know what the name of the next week's episode is. So if they do want to, do that watching along they they can join us with it because you're right they are there's a lot of gems in this and even though we do take our time to fully analyze everything there's a lot that's being left in the episode that we can't possibly get to yes yeah uh and then the other thing that i want to discuss is we are up to so i did check our uh, analytics right before this the number i last saw was 18 uh, we are up to 27 total people have listened to our two podcasts combined wow which is phenomenal and so because of that i do want to uh, start up a facebook page for our podcast because i think our community needs a home let's hit 40 before the next episode 
Yeah, so that can be our goal. So I'll, I'll start up our Facebook page and maybe with the social media interaction and traction, we can get to, to 40 total listens with our then combined to three episodes. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. Uh, all right, did you have any housekeeping you want to get to? Or are you ready to, to dive in? I'm ready to dive in. All right. Uh, so again, this episode is titled Ain't Misbehavian. Uh, something that I've noted is that a lot of the episodes are puns on popular song names. Um, I think so- that's a convention that is also true for Hannah Montana's episode names. Yeah, it's uh, and even some of That's a Raven names as well. I went back and, and looked this morning. So mm-hmm. there is that running. I, I don't know why and doesn't seem that there is any rhyme or reason, but there is that little thread that that kind of connects the shows as well that a lot of the episodes not all of them but a lot are titled after song parodies Um, so this episode opens up with Corey watching a press briefing of president martinez and he's watching it downstairs and the press briefing is president martinez announcing a peace treaty behind uh, between bahavia which is the fictional country that the character mina is from and the united states of america very big news. Right off the bat, we see the president take an action, and really, this is the first time we see him in any sort of presidential Capacity. role. Yeah, what'd you think about this? It's a good start to the episode. It's a little bit of world building mm-hmm. where it sets up that we're going to learn about Bahavian culture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. Uh, Corey sees this and he's excited that it's happening. Uh, he says it's like this is happening in, right above us, like upstairs in our house. And this is, did you notice this? Two weeks in a row, we've now yeah, been reminded. I did, I did notice this. Shoved down the throats of the viewers that Chef Victor then corrects Corey and says, no, 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 the president lives upstairs. We live downstairs. This is not our house. This is not our house. <laughs> yeah. Which is ironic, considering that the name of the show is Corey in the House. But I guess if it were Corey's house, it'd be just called Corey's House, correct? Yeah, Corey. so Corey's White House. Uh, this is not his house. He does not live here. He just gets to be downstairs while the president does his job upstairs. So we're given this reminder, shoved in our face to start off. Uh, back on the TV, the president introduces... Uh, ambassador Room Perum. So this is Mina's dad, and he's the ambassador to Bahavia. And I don't know, did you notice, Rin, when they introduced Ambassador Room Perum, the president did? His, uh, he said his name, and then they played a laugh track. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, so... <laughs> I see. Yeah, so it... Uh, some shows will have, like, a funny name, like... Um, uh, ambassador Seymour Butts or whatever and you know that gets the obvious laugh track The na- and his name was Room Per Room there is nothing at all funny about that name it's ethnic that's, that's, that's pretty much what I think they were going for is that that name was different and that's why they threw a laugh track on it so that's just kind of set the tone for the episode that we were going into uh they introduced him. He's I don't I don't think he speaks in the scene, but he does oh, he does speak a little bit, and he's seen as uh, kind of stern, a very like structured person. Did you get those same vibes? Yeah, kind of stuck up. Yeah, 
Yep, he's a uh, traditionalist. He is. He's definitely a traditionalist, and that's shown even in this opening scene. Mina blows bubble gum. She blows a bubble, and it pops. It's her bubble gum coated message to Corey and Luke. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> Corey's watching it because he says Mina's gonna send us a special signal, and it ends up being it, she blows this bubble and it pops, and then her, her dad, on uh, who's standing at the podium at the time, looks over and gives a face of disapprovement. And Corey's like, that's the that's the sign, that's the sign. And Is Victor this about a girl. <laughs> yeah, Victor sees what's going on here and it says is this is this about a girl and Corey's uh i think victor's like oh you like her and Corey says back she ate and then we cut we cut to credits (laughs) uh we've discussed the different buttons what do you think of this button Renan? this uh, (laughs) this cold open in general I don't think it really sells just how funny this episode is going to end up being. No, I don't think it's, it sells it well at all. The uh, cold open ends with the button of Corey looking at the camera and saying, Shiite, and something, <laughs> then they play a laugh track. It, there's nothing like funny at all about someone just saying, Shiite. It, but apparently how the writers they they land on a joke and then they they move on yeah it it reminds me a little bit of um when you and i would do improv and we'd be in certain scenes and you want to look like end the scene on a high like you hit that joke and then you end the scene quickly yeah. but sometimes you just can't find that joke and so you end up ending the scene on like whatever you can take and it seems like that's what the writers did here it's a very uh, fast and loose writer's room. Yeah. And so, because the other thing I wanted to say about this, um, I know you had messaged me during the week and you wanted to discuss uh, Corey's potential catchphrases. And yes, as we watch the show, if there's different catchphrases that Corey has, uh, this was really the only line in this episode that stood out to me as potentially something we'll see again. What? Is uh, Corey saying, she ate. Uh, so maybe not the she, but just like his, his shrug and saying like, like blank eight. Nothing stood out to me. Yeah, I I don't. Th- this wasn't an episode that was funny because well, Newt had some good. Di- Newt had some funny. Newt had, yeah, Newt does have some good lines in this episode. But the humor from this episode comes more from the situation and the physicality of it. Yeah. Uh. So, I I didn't really feel like there was a, a catchphrase or anything like that that jumped out, but maybe. Uh, this could be something to watch for. We'll have to see as we go on if Corey has any lines that he seems to keep saying his own personal, like, did I do that? Or you got it, dude. That's what we're looking for. Oh, my Lanta. <laughs> I forget. Full House was just loaded with catchphrases. It, horrible ones. <laughs> terrible catchphrases. But they all, they all had them. They all had their own thing that they said and would smile at the camera. And get an applause. Um, all right. And so, uh, the other thing is I want to take the time, um, during the credits each week to, cause we can't, we can't really discuss the credits, but to highlight someone in the cast who, um, just so that we can get to know our cast a little bit more. And so this week I decided to look into, uh, Marcelo Tubert, who plays the aforementioned, uh, Room Per Room. 
What'd you find? <laughs> yeah, I got some good ones. I got some good ones. So he got into acting at the age of three. What? When he was, he was, so get ready for this. He was living in Argentina at the time and an acting troupe was visiting his, his town and they had a kid who got sick and they needed another kid to throw up on the stage. And that was him. And he got the acting bug after that. Yeah. What do you think about that? I'm glad it brought him all the way to Corey in the house. <laughs> yeah, he made his way, made it far. So he then moved to L.A. with his family when he was seven. And he took up acting in high school and then got a theater degree from Los Angeles City College, which I'd looked up their website. They have a notable grads page, Los Angeles City College, uh, of from their theater department specifically. And I want you, so they listed 30 actors on that list. Do you think that Marcelo Tubert was one of the 30 notable grads from Los Angeles City College? No. Uh, correct. He's not on the list. He did not make it. Uh, <laughs> other alums from it, though, include Morgan Freeman and Donna Reed. Wow, no wonder he didn't make it on. Yeah, when you have such high talent uh, as Morgan Freeman and Donna Reed from the same program. Yeah, uh, I also think he has an in with DreamWorks because he provided, he's credited for additional voices in Kung Fu Panda 2, Madagascar 2, Over the Hedge, Shrek 2, and Shark Tale. Well, at least he was in Shrek 2. Yeah, he, he got in there when the money was good. And then he got out. And he has nothing to do with any of the other Shrek movies, so... Uh, and the last thing that was noteworthy is he voiced uh, a splicer in Bioshock 2. So he did some video game voice acting as well. You know what? Not bad. Good for him. Not, not bad at all. Uh, and his Wikipedia page actually does not mention his time in Cory in the House, where he has, he's in four episodes he's listed for. And mm -hmm. I, on, I actually think that it's his, um, most his most recurring live action acting gig. Wow. Cory in the house. And he chose to leave it out of his Wikipedia. So we'll see so, why. <laughs> yeah. Shows, shows how he feels about that. Uh, but did he stick out to you at all in this episode? He did. He, he stuck out to me in the way that all foreign Disney channel characters from the late two thousands stick out to me. Yeah. he, was hired to, like we already said, like he was hired to play this very specific character, very specific, like diversity representative. And it's a, again, Bahavi is a made up country. And so they got to really throw whatever culture combination they wanted at him and make him whoever they wanted him to be. And it shows, it really shows. So, um, all right. So I, I'm good to move on then to we get introduced to our B plot in the scene following the credits. So Samantha Samuels, who is that the president's like right hand man, number one assistant, uh, is going to Chef Victor and needs uh, Chef Victor's help with a crisis. And that crisis is Chef That's Victor. Yeah, it's a. So do you want to talk about what that was? I do want to talk about it because when I was growing up, I had a French fry phase. Yeah, where you would only eat French fries. Yeah, I really, I loved eating the French fries my parents would make. So I could, mm. I could relate to Sophie this episode 
yeah consistently was forcing chef victor to make her french fries and that was the only thing she would eat that the president doesn't want her to be eating the french fries no and so uh so samantha is samuels is tasked with sharing this info with chef victor chef victor is he uh thrown off at all by this request i mean what would you call crisis (laughs) so he what i don't have it written down is that it's like a egg catastrophe or something yeah. like that? Is yeah. that that's the exact wording that um eggs is on used? giant eggs giant eggs something like that yeah so uh she asked chef chef victor of what he would call a crisis or a catastrophe and chef victor's as giant eggs which is a callback to uh, a line a few lines back uh, so it was already set up but yeah, so he's uh, given this task to get Sophie to no longer want to eat French fries and want to eat veggies. And he also says, so, Rand, you have some good company because he said he went through the same thing with his own kids. So both Corey and Raven also went through French fry phases. And who wouldn't? They're so good. Delicious, uh, greasy, crunchy, nutritious snack. <laughs> right. Um, and so the other thing I want to discuss with the scene is why is it that Samantha Samuels is tasked with uh, consistently hounding Chef Victor? We've seen her now in two episodes in a row. Like, I actually want to bring up a, I actually want to bring up a point about her. Yeah, what do you think? She's constantly hounding Chef Victor, mm-hmm. but during their conversation, she, she uses the word relationship to describe their dynamic. Hmm. To me, suggests there's something going on in between episodes that we aren't seeing. Well, say more about that. What What do you think their relationship is then? Well, or what do you think she means by that? To really explain this, we have to go back to that. So Raven, okay. Uh, Victor's <laughs> wife leaves the show after his point to study in England. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna go out there and say that in between that, so Raven and Corey in the house, they get a divorce. She's not happy about the fact that he's going to go, you know, cook for the president, live in his house, mm-hmm. with <laughs> taking Corey with him. And so they yeah. split. And, you know, this is Corey in the house. There's, we're, we're seeing the show through Corey's perspective. It's not Victor in the house. No. Logically, Victor is going through his own drama, his own dilemmas, while Corey is in school. Yeah, he's there all day. He's, he doesn't get to leave the White House. He's in, in the White House. Yeah. So, is, are you? Is it romantic? Potentially. It's physical. Okay. There's like a, an undeniable like physical connection and attraction between them. Yes. I so, I don't completely buy it based on what I've seen. But I appreciate that you and I have differing views and opinions on, as she puts it, their relationship. We'll see, Bryce. Yeah. So if, who knows, there could be more to come in this department. You're right, Chef Victor is, he's a very busy man. He doesn't have time to go out on dates. And so maybe he's meeting people at work. Yeah. Uh, So this scene ends. uh, Sophie comes down and Chef Victor tries to say hey i'm gonna make you something nutritious she says i want something greasy you're gonna make me french fries and he essentially 
gives in, right? There's not not much else to say. Yeah. There. Uh, all right. So scene three. Uh, Mina asks Cory and Newt. Uh, so they're at school now. The next day, Mina comes up to Cory and Newt, say, "Hey, did you see me on TV last night?" Cory trips over himself a little bit and uh, calls her like, beautiful. Yeah, like yeah, I saw you beautiful. She's like, "What?" And she says, uh, "And he he says, I mean, the bubble, the bubble was beautiful." Uh, do you remember what Newt says here? Because he says something that's pretty did questionable. You <laughs> Because he was in the bathtub. So, so <laughs> yeah. So, so, say that again. So, Newt, Newt asks uh, Mina, "What about uh, what about him? Did she see him?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> Newt has a really hard time grasping what a television is. Newt was the MVP of this episode. He had a lot of great stuff in here. Uh, and yeah, so because he was in the bathtub at the time, so he's happy that Nina did not see, uh, did not see him. Uh, uh, Corey made Mina a mixtape. Corey's hot jam. <laughs> some old school, new school, just some fun. I, I can't believe it. He, I don't know when he had time. So. Also, must be noted then, so he must have the internet set up now. So this must be a couple of weeks later. because he has Yeah, I'm internet. assuming it's been a, a bit since the first time. Yeah, yeah, he has the internet uh, in his place, so he can make mix CDs now for Mina. Uh, and Mina opens up and says, hey, this is going to be great because um, my dad only plays for me. Uh, Ichbob. Ichbob, a master of the nose flute. So it's going to really change up my music game. And Mina what opens up. Yeah, what? The fact Ichbob is mentioned this early and is then introduced at, near the end of the episode. Yeah, it, uh, I like that we got a visualization of what Master of the Nose Flute means, and I really have to say that it is he is the master as um, as like, ambassador. Uh, says. So, um, yeah, so Mina opens up about how she's been like losing her uh she's been fighting with her father about losing her culture her sense of culture she asks Corey to help her unwrap which we saw in the first episode so she like unwraps and then her dad is in school oh Bryce we missed something oh I'm sorry what did I skip over the yak backpack that her grandmother skinned for her so I was I was actually just getting to that because oh excellent yep so (laughs) so she unwraps and then sees her dad in the hallway and so quickly rewraps and she's like what are you doing here and what does he have is it the yak backpack yeah yeah the backpack she forgot the yak backpack how could i forget the yak backpack Mm. you would have come here for me yeah i it's so this yak backpack is made out of a yak but like you said her grandmother skinned for her uh we're making up uh, we're just making things up at this point. <laughs> it, so this to me, th- this little moment spoke to me. Mm-hmm. It kind of speaks to that. N- not not to get too real on the Corey in the house discussion. Yeah, sure. That, that kind of like depiction of ethnic foreign characters is almost savage-like compared to Western civilization. I, you know, yeah. grandmother skinned her a backpack out of a yak, mm-hmm. and it, it, that's the joke. The the and it's treated as 
you know, inherently barbaric, even though it doesn't have or commented on. No, I, I, I completely agree. So, uh, like, I also noted that um, I was curious about where yaks typically live, because I'm trying to still place where this fictitious land of Bahavia is, because I... I, I feel like move geographically a bit. Yeah, so like, I I ended up placing it somewhere in Central Asia because I felt like the really? writers Asia? were almost like spinning a cultural wheel and being like, okay, like what parts of different cultures do we want to grab from that at the end of the day are quote unquote like different than like you said like the typical Western civilization or like the idea of Americana. Yeah. Um. Like, what can we show that? deeply contrasts that and the worst part as I, I talked about in the cold open is that accompanied every step of the way is the laugh track to yeah show like oh this is funny because they're different yeah, um, and it's, I also, it's the joke the joke is the othering yeah and i think that it almost goes against the um i think it goes against the end message of the episode which i'll, I'll get to at the end but this um, episode, the ending of the episode in general has a lot to discuss about race and racial yeah. and cultural yeah because it, it sucks because i think that the the messaging that the show went for and the the end message nailed it like i, I in some sense of like this is what the message of this type of episode should be yes um but just the route that they took is not my favorite so um no, I, I don't think too deep at all. I mean, that's what we're here for. I don't think anyone's ever ever thought twice about it. And, you know, that's what yeah. we're here to discuss. So um, she forgets her yak pack. And that's when we kind of see her dad looks at the CD, the Corey's Hot Jams, uh, asks the question, who is Corey and why is his jam so hot? A line really that writes itself. <laughs> it's, it's very good. And that's when um, you said earlier, so Corey mentions that he has the old school, new school, and then sprinkle, uh, sprinkles in some funk. And uh, the ambassador says, I don't want any of your funky sprinkles and uh, passes the CD back. And so then he leaves. Uh, we again learn he's like very old school Bahavian. Yeah, tr- like this is conservative Bahavian. Yes. And, and so that's why he's very kind of like rigid in his ways and his culture. And um, so Mina takes back the CD. She's like, yeah, I still want this. So uh, when she says that her school is old school Bahavian, Newt comes in with a great line here. He says, um, oh, my dad's the same way, except he was born in Ohio. <laughs> Again, another great line from Newt. Mm-hmm. Which, so uh, he is completely missing the point of the conversation. Um, also, so this line, I don't know if you caught it. So, cause, so Newt says, he says my uh my dad's the same way except he was born in ohio and surprisingly he loves he was kind of muddled so he says i turn on the captions and it says he loves simpson funk what i don't know simpson funk yeah i I don't know what he's going for with this line could he could it mean like those simpson vaporwave videos on have you seen those on youtube no is it like I'll send it, you one after, and we can yeah, discuss so, the next episode. I, I searched up Simpson Funk, and all I found was, like, Funk Pop figures for Simpsons characters, and so I, I have no clue. No I'll, clue what this line meant about Newt's dad. Jot this down so we can discuss it next time. Yeah. 
I gave it gave it a highlight and can try and figure out. I'll go back and look at the scene again, but like I I watched it three or four times and I have no clue what he was actually saying. So, uh, all right, we're back in the White House. This next scene, uh, Sam Samantha Samuels has come back to check on the French fries. Um, and again, the goal is to get Sophie not eating French fries by the ambassador's dinner tonight. Sophie uh, then comes into the scene. So she was out of it. She comes in. Uh, she says, it's time for my lunch. And I hope it rhymes with munch mice. Great joke. So, Ren, you, you've taken an English class or two. Does munch mice rhyme with French fries? Bryce, I'm going to be honest with you. There's mm-hmm. no word in the English language that rhymes with French fries. To even attempt a joke around it would be an exercise in futility. <laughs> that the Corey and the House writers sat down and chose to write Menchmerize as if it's at all acceptable. Humor. Like, did, did no one did no one stop them and say, wait a second, Munchmize doesn't rhyme with French fries, which is the whole punchline to the joke. Uh, she could have said, like, does it rhyme with lunch flies or bunch guys? That rhymes. Uh, guys. I, yeah, so, like, sorry. Things that rhyme with munch mice are lunch flies or bunch guys, but uh, none of that rhymes with French fries. Yeah, so she could have said bench guys. She could have said like uh, trench lies. <laughs> uh, she, could, I don't know. She could have said anything that rhymes with French fries. It just bothered me a lot that she, the whole joke was saying, "I hope lunch rhymes with munch mice." Well, the whole joke with Sophie is that she's a little kid who's mean, and that's not a very funny joke. No, no. And so Chef Victor reveals a vegetable farm that he made to hopefully get Sophie interested in vegetables. Um, what, what struck out to me mm-hmm. was just that's so much, that's so many vegetables for one small child. Yeah. Even if she was a veggie fiend, she would not have eaten that many vegetables. And I don't know if you noticed, but one of the animals that she holds up is a raw potato with onion ears and googly eyes and carrots. That is nauseating. <laughs> so I don't know why Chef Victor expected this small child who's struggling to eat vegetables to eat a raw potato with googly eyes glued on. That's really but the onion ring that sell it. Yeah, uh, it was not good looking at all. And believe it or not, Sophie is uninterested. She wants her french fries and Chef Victor gives in. Uh, I don't really care for this plot, like the B plot. Yeah, me neither. I found it very underwhelming, very boring. Yep. Um, okay, now we see uh, Casa de Newt for the first time, which is Spanish for House de Newt. I have a feeling we'll be seeing Casa de Newt a bit more often. Yeah, there's a, clearly a lot of effort put into the set. So, yeah. Uh, they, so- they also set up a new plot point here. Uh, what is that? I'm curious what, what you pulled from it. The band. Yes, okay. Which doesn't have a name. I, I think I actually think that this is going to be a recurring element. Is that they'll be like having their band practice. Is their band going to be more official than just let's get together and play music? Yes. Okay. I think, that, I think this is going to be how Corey in the House mm-hmm. round centers itself. Okay. So like that's, it's going to be a major driving force. I mean, Raven had the visions. Corey doesn't have anything right now. Mm-hmm. Like the driven, yeah. the visions drive Raven's like growth as a character and the show's mm-hmm. actual plots. 
But so far, Corey's just kind of a passive observer in his world reacting. Yeah, and I mean, he, so he comes in and he sees the drums right away. Mm-hmm. And he's in love with those drums. Because uh, he mentions that he had to leave his set back in um, San Francisco, which is, by the way, further evidence that in the pilot, they only had those two boxes when they moved in. Wow, that's um, a good point. So I, I stand by that they moved in with not a lot. So the president wouldn't allow it. <laughs> no, the president says there's not no enough room. House. You each get one box and that's it. Leave your drum sets at the door. Uh, but yeah, so in this scene, Corey comes in, he's amped to see the drums. Mina comes in and explains that she gave her father the excuse that she was studying when she actually wanted to come to band practice. Uh, and we get a music video. We, yeah. It's brief. It's, but. Brief. mm -hmm. Mike comes out of the ground. There's like music video-esque shots for this song uh, that Mina sings that she heard from Corey's CD called, uh, what, I Want to Be More Than Friends? Yeah, the third track. (laughs) Yeah. Would you, uh, did you like the song? Uh, no. You, no, you wouldn't want to hear no. the full two minute, 30 second version. Is there a full two minute, 30 second version? Uh, you know, I didn't check. No. Uh, I'm just saying, like, you know, with most songs, it's usually. I that. mean, I would listen um, to it once to, you know, complete the Corey in the House mythology. Yeah, let's see. Uh, more than Friends, Corey well, in the House song. What stuck out to me? Mm hmm about this little music video was the Bahavian prime minister spying on the children through the windows. Yeah. So me too. <laughs> that's, that, that's kind of a major moving point in this scene is that the Bahavian uh, ambassador is uh, who Newt calls ambassador P, which I think is very funny, uh, but he's inexplicably spying <laughs> on Mina's band practice at Newt's house. Like, he's behind the windows, and he is appalled at what he sees. At least when he showed up at school, it was like, hey, you forgot this backpack. This is just... This this is a disrespect. Absolute disrespect. And so, because Mina comes in, she's in the room for maybe a minute, 30 seconds, before we find that her dad is, like, spying on her from a window. It's weird. Yeah, it doesn't take long at all. No, it's not even like he has time to settle or there's a, a time jump where like maybe he's there to pick her up or something. Uh, he's upset at what he sees. Wouldn't he's devastated. Right? Sorry, say that again? Wouldn't you be? I, I With that song, probably, <laughs> actually. Um, so he comes in and he pretty much is upset that uh, he found... Corey's hot jams in the Ichbob CD case. He blames Corey for being the reason that Mina is acting this way, and uh, he bans Mina from seeing Newt or Corey again. Um, oh, and also, it's a, a, another really good Newt line is when the ambassador comes in in this scene. He says, "Is this you studying?" And Newt says, "No, that was just an excuse." <laughs> Again, completely missing the point that uh, he's not supposed to say 
that it was just an excuse. That tirade, man. Yeah. So what else? Tell us more about what do you think of the tirade? He, the prime minister told Newt that his tirade was over, but it wasn't. No, it just kept going. <laughs> yeah. And they it's tried a, to. It's a nice, it's a funny little scene. I don't want to say it's a nice little scene because. Yeah. It's it, not. <laughs> no. And the, the like echoing. Uh, so he would speak and then it, Newt would accidentally had his, what, his like reverberation button on. And so yeah, it, it seemed like he was echoing. And that happened two or three times in the scene. And that was the punchline to it it fell the, flat that was the joke yeah um <clears throat> we throw a commercial and we come back there's uh, so now mina's gone mina was taken out by her dad forbidden to seeing them and uh cory says to newt what part of forbidden oh um cory's like i just gotta find a way to see mina and Newt says, what part of Forbidden do you not understand? Because for me, it's the Idden. Newt killing it. Another really good Newt line. Which means, so to kind of dissect that joke a little bit, which means in the word Forbidden, Newt pulls something from Forb. Like, that's the part that makes sense to him, is the F-O-R-B. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess right now, mm-hmm. Newt... So, Newt... Newt presents himself as this dumb rocker kind of kid yeah but i actually think he might be an incredible etymologist i think he knows where any word comes from so for him when he hears forbidden he knows that for means something but it and it's gibberish so it confuses him oh so maybe he's like a master of latin he's a master of greek and he knows where these words are all coming from yeah it, it could be and he's just playing dumb i don't know he's a, i don't think he's playing dumb yeah he's he just like is dumb he's a, a very strange character and i'm hoping that like this week we got to see a lot of mina i'm hoping that next week's episode we learn more about him maybe we'll have to see if we do I'm worried for our first big Sophie episode. Oh, I haven't even thought about that, Ren. I'm really worried. I feel like that's going to be the moment where the breaks start to come on. I can't even imagine. So, all right. So to to come back to this. So Corey and Newt hatch a plan to uh, show Mina's dad that they understand the Bahavian culture at the ambassador banquet coming up. So yes, the same one that Sophie's got to eat. Scene. Yeah. And so lucky for them, uh, Newt vacationed with Mina's family in Bahavia last summer. Um, nice Newt little says, that's such, a, such an innocent comment. It's Yeah, but that's going to be what, what comes back and provides us some great comedy in the next scene. And so Newt says... Uh, this is all great, but we're not invited to the ambassador banquet. How are we going to get there? And Corey says, let me explain to you how I do. And we jump to the next scene, which is uh, behind the scenes in the kitchen at the White House, uh, presumably at the evening of the banquet, and they are disguised as butlers. So is that Corey's thing? That was Raven's thing. That's what I thought. And in that's a Raven. I mean, 
we didn't just do a rewatch of that, so we don't know all of the historical context. But I don't think Corey's thing is disguises. Just structurally, it can't be. No, it wouldn't have two characters doing filling that same role. On yeah. that same it so it almost feels like this is the writers still a little bit unsure about who Corey is and what his thing is. So I think, I, I think it's clear that the writers did not that Corey in the house is not their first choice for a sequel. No. Cause do we think next week Corey's going to disguise himself again? Like, is this going to be a running thing? Cause you're right. It was Raven's thing. Raven disguised herself all the time. I think we might see him do it a few more times early on. Mm-hmm. And if we see it consistently or not, we'll decide if it keeps happening. Yeah. Uh, but apparently in this case, this is his thing. Corey and Newt now go into the room where the banquet is. And the scene is set up perfectly to see to have it go back and forth between Newt and Samantha Samuels. Where Newt, we're, see, we're seeing Newt telling Corey how to interact with, um, you know, Bahavians. And then we're seeing Samantha Samuels telling the president, like, reminders and pointers for how to interact with Bahavians. And what we can gain from this scene is an understanding mm-hmm. of Bahavian culture. Yes. So we, a very, we thought, a very important one. Yeah. Uh, the, so Newt's first thing is he says, uh, when you greet someone in Bahavia, you hug them and you give them two kisses on each cheek. So you give them a kiss on the left and then a kiss on the right cheek. And then we see Samantha Samuels telling the president, physical contact is rude. Um, as is looking you know, his wife straight in the eye. eye. So yep. that's the next thing. And Newt, uh, then we cut back to Newt. Newt says, make sure to look straight in her eye and give her chin tickles. Which in Bahavia is... A crime. A oh. jailable offense. And this is how the scene is set up for Corey to commit a jailable offense in Bahavia. Essentially an international crime. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> All because of Newt giving some really misguided advice. Uh, the president, President Martinez, welcomes everyone, surprises everyone with Ichbob, and uh, we see Ichbob come in person, like you said, for the first time, and he plays the nose flute. Wasn't this amazing? It was. You know, Disney Channel really likes to add in these little musical segments, but this this felt different. It felt. <laughs> Fired, fresh, new. I've never seen something so, I don't know, exotic. Yeah, the so the nose flute functions. It's like a circle, and he spins it to play different notes. And each uh, pipe, it's like a, a bunch of different pipes. Each pipe is a different note. And so he's spinning that thing like wild and playing some mad tunes. It, I, I was impressed. Bahavia. It's beautiful. Bahavia. So Bahavia has yaks. It has nose flutes. It has uh, traditional like clothing and costumes. You're right. Bahavia is is what it is. So we get a little bit of B-plot in this scene as well. Sophie goes over and uh, of Chef Victor goes to Sophie and says that uh that he's not going to make her french fries because he's an adult and then she says i will yell and tell i will tell dad that you yelled at me 
if you don't make me french fries what'd you say then she starts screaming and then so she starts screaming chef victor's quick reaction is to pretend that the napkin he's holding is a bunny (laughs) doesn't fix the problem and so he quickly goes to prepare french fries for sophie and he never comes back he does not come back and judging by the last scene in the episode he never came back uh yeah no i don't think he, he understood resolved yeah we great right. we we don't know if he truly understands what goes down at this dinner so he's gone and then samantha samuels is worried that the president's gonna find out that sophie hasn't kicked the french fry habit so she makes up a situation in the situation room and so they go to address the situation mm-hmm so President Martinez gets up and goes to uh, attend to what he could probably assume is a national crisis. He takes off and goes. Uh, and then after they leave, this is when we're back to the real meat of the scene. The, so the payoff here versus the payoff in the pilot. Much better in this episode. Oh, considerably. There, there's so much setup for this one scene throughout the yeah. episode. And I wish... I I wish I was lying when I said this, but I did laugh out loud. Me too. I, I honestly was sitting on my couch and laughed out loud at how this scene played out. And even the second time that I watched it, I was still laughing. There was some good stuff here. Um, so how does Corey start by impressing Mina's parents? What is the first thing he does? Well, <laughs> imagine you're the prime minister. And you're enjoying this important dinner with the president of the United States. He leaves, go to the, goes to the situation room. The young child butler comes up to you, grabs you. Immediately, you recognize him as Corey. Corey's hot jams. He embraces you, kisses you, disrespecting your culture in front of your dignitary's wife and child. Mm-hmm before beginning to do the same to his wife, looking her directly into the eyes and running his fingers under her chin until she collapses into him. <laughs> Committing. Not, so he commits that jailable offense by uh, tickling her chin. But also, so while that's happening, Mina's on the other side of the room talking to Newt and being like, Newt, what's happening? And Newt says, don't worry, I briefed him. Mina's like, you what? And that's when we find out that that Newt says, yeah, you know, everything I taught him was from our trip to Bahavia. And Mina says, we didn't go to Bahavia. We went to the Bahamas. A great, great reversal. (laughs) So that's where Newt gets all of his misinformation from. Uh, And that's also... uh, Oh, and I also noted, so we know that the chin tickling is a jailable offense, but it's also noted in the same scene that the hugging and the kissing on the cheeks is also seen as a, um, Mina says that that's how people get locked up when she yeah. says that. So uh, it seems like Corey is just really setting himself up for, like you said, an international disaster. Corey could have caused World War Three. He Pretty much. Pretty much he could have. And so Corey moves around the room while Mina's mom's bracelet. So, because Mina's mom faints and her bracelets get stuck behind Corey's neck. So Corey's like moving around the room trying to get her off 
and she's pretty much like passed out around him. Everyone's screaming and chasing him. And that's when the president comes back after being pranked about a national emergency and sees he's uh, at first very happy because he sees Sophie is eating her veggies. Yeah. Uh, what finally got her to eat veggies? The entertainment. Yeah. Rough. It's a weak resolution to yeah. a story that had taken up almost a third of the episode. Is so many scenes and we didn't even get to see Chef Victor really like he wasn't part of the resolution. You know what I just realized? Yeah, what? Sophie fills Corey's role from That's So Raven as the antagonistic younger kid. But yeah. because there's no pre-established relationship, pre-established brother-sister relationship mm-hmm. between them, there's no way to naturally bring them together give them a heartfelt connection no where this like back and forth can have some pathos yeah and so so i'm actually guessing that maybe not in the first episode but i think the sophie centric episode that we get with where sophie's plot is the a plot with Corey's. Mm -hmm. i think that there will be some sense of like I wish I had a sibling. You're like a brother to me. Like, I, I totally see that line coming out of her mouth. It, it has to happen. Yeah, just for them to, like you said, like, set up that relationship and make it make more sense. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else? So, yeah, so the president's in here, sees, then sees the whole disaster going on and goes to help uh, at this point Corey and the ambassador and the ambassador's wife have all fallen on the ground so the president goes to help says ambassador do you want help getting up and that's when samantha samuels reminds him no physical contact so the president drops the ambassador again on the ground (laughs) and uh yeah he the ambassador is obviously pissed off outraged and that's when we get to kind of our, our lesson of the episode and it's, it is delivered a bit better than it was last episode mm-hmm. in that it actually tries to be a real lesson. It does, yeah. So Mina explains Corey was just trying to show his appreciation for the culture. He got some bad advice. Uh, I think that in that we get Newt giving a like finger guns and saying like, sorry, Ambassador P. We do. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so Mina uh, points out that Corey stood up to the ambassador, which is something Mina's been trying to do. She's tired of hiding one side of her and wants to embrace both. So I do like that aspect. It's, it's a good message. And it's, I, I mean, as someone mm-hmm. who, you know, first generation American, Brazilian parents, complete culturally Brazilian, mm-hmm. it's, it's, a good, it's, it's, it's a good relatable message to see, to know that, you know, kids had that from Corey in the house, if nothing else. Yeah, and recognition so, of how difficult it can be to be between cultures. Exactly, and I, like I, I really love that it wasn't. Uh, a lot of times in media, we get the idea of like the great American melting pot, and the concept of okay, you know, uh, like I was thinking the message was going to turn out her being like, I just want to be who I am, and it being left at that. And kind of, kind of like a disregard for her cultural upbringing. Exactly, but instead... That's what I was assuming as well. Instead, it really... 
does show us that she wants both cultures to be part of her life. And that's what the message ends up being is that it's okay to have both cultures and to appreciate both. Um, In execution, Mm -hmm. do you think the show, the episode fulfills that message? No, no. (laughs) Uh, Because the whole, like we were saying earlier, the whole half of the punchlines in the episode is that one of her cultures is a joke. And like you said, is uh, that concept of like savage or like barbaric or just unrelatable to what's the norm. Yeah. Bahavia as a country exists to be mocked in Cory in the House. Yeah. Which is why it's fictional. They wouldn't have made it fictional unless they wanted to make fun of it. Yep. Which belittles the message of the episode. It does completely and so uh, it's tough because i like the message but like you said the the execution of the message and the teaching of it is not there no not there at all um instead like they could have done a story about instead of her feeling embarrassed by one culture and not the other uh, they could have done it where she had a hard time like actively juggling both like she was like oh i want to be a band practice but also i have no flute lessons or whatever like they could have done something in there to let both cultures stand on their own instead I of mean, using one as a button this episode could have worked with its general bones if the script wasn't so consciously trying to punch down on bahavia yeah yeah I completely agree. And, you know, it's, it just wasn't, wasn't the right execution, but I do like, I, I like the message. I'm glad that they got the message out there. It's not the right way to do it. Um, also it, it, in this scene. So uh, we get that lesson and president Martinez says that Corey taught us all something today. Vaguely. Corey then tries to speak and President Martinez squeezes Corey's shoulder so hard. Corey literally says, Mr. President, it's very hard to talk when I'm in pain. (laughs) The president says, that's the idea. God bless this president. Uh, Approval rating? Yeah, so let's... uh, Actually, I do have it right here. Cool. So what I think... uh, So you and I also talked offline about giving him... um, an approval rating each week so we can kind of track to see overall how good or how bad of a president we think he is and uh, so in the last scene each week whatever the last scene the president's in we'll take the time to do that so uh, to recap what he did this week he formally announced and made a new alliance with the country that there seems to be previous tensions around he brought Iqbal, master of the flute, to the White House. He got fooled mid-dinner into going to the Situation Room. He pinched a child's shoulder so hard that they couldn't talk. He did prevent the treaty from falling through. Uh, how do we think the American people, so on a scale of 0 to 100, so like what percentage would you think his approval ratings at? Mmm just based on this week based on this week yeah you know what he handled the treaty well mm-hmm. bahavia is an important enough country 
where the president felt like he had to meet them personally. Yep. I'm going to say President Martinez is sitting at a comfortable 60% approval rating. So that's so funny. I also have 60% written down. <laughs> Same number. Because I think the American people are going to be happy with it. But he's still a new president. I think that they're still... We decided last week he probably won just barely. Designated survivor. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We decided that he's the designated survivor. So the American people are not super open to him yet. And this is them starting to see a few of his things in action. They like the idea of a treaty with another country could open up doors and opportunity. Uh, so great. So we'll sit at that 60% approval rating in this week's episode. Uh, as like a wrap up scene, they are Corey, Mina and Newt are back at school. Uh, Mina arrives and Corey thinks that Mina is going to be mad at him. And Mina is cool about it. She shares that she doesn't have to wear the wrap anymore. But she still will wear the yak pack. So again, the best of both worlds. And so appreciate that the show isn't picking one culture over the other in the lesson. But we've talked about it. Uh, kind of punched down over and over throughout the episode. Uh, Newt says, great, everything's copacetic. I like that. I like that he said copacetic. So the same person who's really struggling with the word forbidden is going to throw out copacetic here. And there wasn't a laugh track with it, though. He's a savant. It's just part of his vocabulary. It's so strange. If they, it feels like it was the final piece to Newt's journey in this episode. And that there should have been a laugh track with it because it, it would have been like, oh, the joke is that he just used the word copacetic correctly in a sentence and has been struggling with different words and just logic throughout the whole episode. Maybe there's nothing with it. The laugh track. <laughs> I don't understand. Uh, I liked I liked that he used the word copacetic. I thought it was really funny, but there was no laugh track accompanying it. So it, I don't know what the writers if the writers were intentional with it that's what i'm saying i don't think they were do you do you think that it was in there intentionally to make copacetic a joke to to use a bigger to have newt use a bigger word than he normally would i think hmm i felt like him saying copacetic was kind of playing off his like slacker young stoner vibe Kind of like Bill and Ted-esque. Wouldn't he just say chill? Or like, cool? Well, that's, that's why I say Bill and Great, Ted. Great, everything's cool? Yeah. But, but again, there's no laugh track, so it's not a joke. No. It's really weird. Something about it just it didn't sit right with me. I mm. felt like it was either a joke or I just don't know what the word copacetic was doing in there. I don't know. Uh, but so the, the show ends. Uh, well, that the episode, that piece of the episode ends. The school bell rings. Newt says, what's that? Corey says, it's the school bell. And Newt says, so you heard it too. I thought that this little joke was weird. Yeah, it came out of nowhere. It, Newt, Newt had at no point made mention or alluded to the fact that he seems to not understand <laughs> what's happening around him well i don't know 
he kind of did allude to that earlier when he thought Mina could see him through the TV. I guess you're right, but yeah, plot, that's too much. Yeah, so his he it seems like maybe his senses are something that he really struggles with. It's just knowing, uh, like connecting what he's hearing with what it actually is, or who can see him at what time. He's just not very present. Yeah, he's he is somewhere else somewhere else for sure but with that so everything with the gang seems to be copacetic everything is great again and mina's story is pretty much resolved at least as far as we know uh the final end clip that we get deals with that b plot it is uh but i really don't even want to say it like what do you think of this bad horrible way down the episode <laughs> just, just excruciating yeah. yeah i don't like the like wacky disney oh let's let's just goof off for the joke see what it happens. was weird it's uh we learned that sophie will only eat her veggies while being entertained so this is like operation entertain uh sophie and so we see Ichbob playing the nose flute while Sophie is downing veggies and Samantha Samuels and Victor are dancing to the music of the nose flute. Uh, and then the final punchline is Sophie realizes that she's not eating French fries and says, hey, these aren't French fries. And then they dance harder. And it ends. <laughs> and it ends. That B-plot was like, I guess I didn't realize it as much as I watched it, but even going through it, in this format, it was a very weak B plot. Excruciating. Yeah, I was done with. I was done with it. Maybe after the first interaction, it's just nothing happens. It's three scenes of Victor not getting what he wants and Sophie getting what she wants. That's all it is. Uh, it was a so much better episode, though. It was big improvement than last week. What? Um, so with us being at the end, uh, our rose, our bud, and our thorn. So the rose being our favorite thing from the episode, the bud being uh, what's something that we want to see more of at this point, and thorn being uh, our least favorite thing in the episode. Uh, what was your rose? My rose was this line from Corey. Mm-hmm. I respect your culture, and I'm going to show it. Hey, interesting. Why is that your rose? Say more about that. I just thought it was a funny line and it immediately transitioned into some humorous physical comedy. Mm-hmm. Of him. Corey's confidence leading into it. Doing the exact opposite of, of what he had comedy. just set out to do. But he was so, so pure in his intentions. It just backfired. Little did he know. So my, my rose was that I appreciated um that we've talked about this extensively but i appreciated the message of the episode was both cultures are valid and bring something to the table rather than just like you're an american be american now so that was my rose was just the the use of that as the message um my bud something that i'm wanting to see more of or i'm I'm looking forward to is i'm wanting to see more of newt's home life really yeah like i just want to know more about him in general but i want to know 
like are we ever going to meet his parents are they involved in his life I would guess no, because they both hold very high levels in office. Yeah, I'm guessing no as well. Yeah, so I, I just want to know more about him outside of just his punchlines and him being, like we said, on another planet at all times. Uh, what was your bud? What's something that you're like predicting or wanting to see more of? The band. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. we're going to see more of it. I think it's going to play an instrumental role mm-hmm. in uniting these characters and developing their friendship. And I, I think we're going to end up spending a lot of time in that band room in between scenes. It needs a name, their band. Yeah, they do need a name. That's definitely going to be an episode. Yeah, where they all have like their own ideas for what the band name will yeah. be. and They'll end up just calling it like Corey, Mina, and Newt. Hmm. Red red white and newt there it is yeah i'm trying to think of like what other good band names they could have together that it's got to be something patriotic because it's the white house and all all that Hmm. we'll have to see or it'll be like cory and the something he'll make himself the main cory and the house (laughs) (laughs) yes because all bands are named after the drummer uh, my thorn in the episode, this was actually something that we didn't discuss. Um, we talked about it lightly last week, but the president has only addressed Victor by introducing him at the dinner in this episode. Uh, otherwise, every interaction has been through Samantha. That's true. So Samantha as a character has pretty much only served to be like the vehicle between the president and victor we have not seen a lot of the president in these past two episodes that's true and i want to see him and victor interact more because their roles on the show seem to be like again in this episode we saw the president really get like to be involved with the message of the episode yeah and victor was run parallel they should be yeah exactly so i i was not impressed by the use of Samantha Samuels and how she continues to be. She is not a main character. She is someone who is in 11 episodes of the 34. So eventually she's going to probably, I I doubt she gets a proper write-off. I'm going to guess that she just isn't in episodes and then is gone. That's what I'm assuming. Yeah, because honestly, the character doesn't make sense in the world. Um, She does make sense like for the structure of why would the president be talking directly to the chef? Yeah. But otherwise she's unnecessary what was your thorn the b plot yeah i found it very boring very hard to get through and i i just wasn't fulfilled no no it it makes the casserole from the that's a raven episode (laughs) like more feel more desirable like i wish that i could have gone back and watched eddie and chelsea uh pile down three casseroles (laughs) rather than struggle to get sophie to eat vegetables for three scenes uh, and so, lastly, uh, what is your final rating for the episode? You can give it a six. Ah, I think I have a feeling that your rating is always going to be like one lower than mine. Always <laughs> just like right below. I, I gave it a seven. Yeah, I think that we're going to hit some really poor episodes coming up. Yeah. And there was honestly not 
other than the B plot, like the A plot in this was just so solid that I got to give it the credit when I can. So it, it makes me hopeful that it might not be so bad. Yeah, you're right. Because uh, I did, like I said, I had some out loud laughs, which I was not expecting going into this podcast, going into this, this project of watching all the episodes. But I don't know. We shall, shall see. And I'm curious to see if we focus on a new, on like a different character next week in the same way that Mina got her spotlight this week. Mm-hmm. So, um, do you have anything else that you kind of want to discuss or, or go over? Or do you feel like we, we talked about it all? I feel like we talked about it all. Yeah. I feel like we wrap up. I'm f- feeling that as well. So, uh, so like we discussed at the beginning, I will open up uh, some kind of Facebook page for the little Corey community to discuss these episodes. And uh, that way we can all kind of be in one place. And otherwise, that is is all that we got. So thank you so much for listening to our episode and, and sticking with us. We will see you back uh, next week for Corey in the House, season one, episode three, which is titled, I'm going to pull up the episode name now, episode list. Do we think it's uh, based on a song? I feel like, I think they're all going to be based on songs. Yeah. Uh, we will be watching Everybody Loves Mina next week. Maybe an Everybody Loves Raymond parody. Huh. So uh, another Mina-centric episode. Yeah. Sounds like... <sighs> all right. I, I'm kind of honestly disappointed to see that title. I'm not going to lie. I was. Maybe it'll be a Newt and Mina episode. Maybe their friendship. I hope so. I just don't... I almost feel like Newt's only going to be the punchlines in every scene. I he's mean, just going to be the end buttons and that's going to be it. He, he's the Eddie of the group or the Chelsea of the group. He's the Chelsea. Yeah. The Chelsea of the group. Eddie had real problems. I don't think Chelsea ever had very real problems. <sighs> <sighs> All right. Well, that'll be a good time. And who knows? Maybe it'll be better than, than we were thinking it'll be because this episode certainly was so all right well thank you so much for listening and i hope that you have a great rest of your day all right take care everyone bye Voice and Randy,